Today's message is entitled, Hour of Glory. Hour of Glory. This message is profound. It's a powerful message. And I want to remind us that there is an hour of glory that we all should be able to experience. We all are looking for that time in life where we shine or we are rewarded for our services or good deeds. Everybody looking for that moment. This is why we have retirement parties, graduations, wedding anniversaries, etc. Because we want to celebrate what we've done, right? We want to have a moment where we can be recognized or honored for our accomplishments. We as human beings want recognition for the work we have done. There's nothing wrong with that. So an hour of glory is appropriate. There's nothing uh, a farce about that. But there's one thing to remember. The rewards ceremonies only happen after the work is done. I'm going to say that again. Ceremonies happen after, A-F-T-E-R, the work is done. So if you haven't completed the work, then there really is no hour of glory. Are you tracking with me? Our lives are compiled, listen, of moments. Listen, our lives are compiled of moments that qualify as mere seconds. That moments in our lives are mere seconds, but those 60 seconds equal a minute. And 60 of those minutes equal an hour. Now watch this now. I'm trying to get us to the moment of the hour of glory. But before you get to the hour, you first have to be faithful in the 60 seconds. And those 60 seconds matriculate up to 60 minutes. Those 60 minutes become the hour. But you cannot get the hour of glory bypassing the 60 seconds or the minutes. Are you tracking? So I submit to you that there are many seconds and minutes that have gone on far too long and we are failing to reach our hour of glory. Watch this now. We are trying to get to the hour of glory. But if you get stuck in the seconds of your life or in the minutes of your life, you will never capitalize on the hours of your life. Ah, that's good. And the one major sign, listen to me, listen to me. The one major sign for change, listen, is that there is nothing left to do where you are. Ah, what am I saying? I'm saying that once you run out of the seconds, there is no more reason to stay with the second because the second has passed. And so once there is nothing left to do in the second, and once there's nothing left to do in the minutes, once you have reached the 60 minutes, it is inevitable for you to change to the hour. 
When your clock is ticking, when your watch is ticking, once it does the full cycle of the 60 seconds, what happens? The big hand, what? It moves. In other words, it changes from one position to the next. Watch this. Once there is no more reason for us to watch the clock go around for that advanced minute, we need to move on to the next one. So one of the major signs for change is that there is nothing left to do where you are. Stick with me for a moment. It's going to make sense. Let's look at our text today in St. John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to read it for you so that you can be clear. The text says, and I'm in the English Standard Version today, when Jesus had spoken, look, you know, my man, LeBron, look, I got, got him on there now, and the cute little handsome young boy. But listen, <clears throat> this is about the hour of glory. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth. Here it is. Here it is. Having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. I want to read four again. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. So in other words, my accomplishing the work glorified God. Ah, you're going to miss it. Talking about finishing the job. So verse five says, and now, Father, Glorify me in your presence with that with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So let's go back to the watch experience. After I finished the work, advance me to a new location. Change my location. So let me read five again. And now, Father, that I finished the work and I've glorified you, in return, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I want you to be clear on this text, that there is a very real transition and aspect of change that comes with the hour of glory. The thing that motivated me or caught my attention about this text, something came to my mind that said, the end is here. I mean, there's some, if you want change, listen to me, if you want change, then you've got to identify the things that end in your life. Ah, because if you change to something, you're leaving something. But we really only want to leave something when there's nothing left to do with where we were. Are you following me? So the hour of glory is really about moving yourself through time, through the moments in your life, to your hour of glory, which causes 
the transition, the matriculation, the promotion, the change. Ah, there it is. God brings us to an hour of change when we have been faithful to recognize the things that have ended in our life. Uh, Tap your neighbor and say, I've got to get better at recognizing the stuff that's ending in my life. We need to pay attention to how things run their course. We're very good at turning stuff on and just letting it run. We must turn it on and monitor it to find out where it actually ends. Because when something ends, it is an indicator of change. When there is nothing left to do, when there is nothing left to perform, we must recognize that could be a sign for change. Let me give you this first aspect of uh, what I want to point out about the hour being come. Let's look at this and be uh, understand what God wants us to, to know. The text said in verse one, the hour is come. The text said, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. In other words, the hour has arrived. I have successfully completed the 60 seconds, the 60 minutes that have brought me to this hour. Everything we do should have an end. I feel him now. That's what makes us human. What makes us human is that things come to an end. The fact that we aren't eternal and infinite like God verifies that we need a glory bestowed on us. God doesn't need a glory on him because he is the glory. For thine is the kingdom and the glory forever. Amen. In other words, we need a glory. My point is we need an hour of glory because we are constantly aging. We are constantly needing verification of work we have done because our time is limited. We are not eternal. We are finite created beings. We are by nature lackluster and are in need of a boost of recognition. Do you know why people get their hair done and their eyes done? And, you know, they got the cute, they do the little line up, curve it up. You know, they do all that. Or when they wear the boss suits or get the nice shave and the goatee crisp and clean. It is because we are in need of some sort of recognition. Let me tell you something. I don't know no husband or no wife sitting around and don't want to hear their spouse say to them, Oh, you look good, honey. You look good. You look cute. Oh, you cute. Oh, my God. You should have seen the look on Joy's face when she had on her bathing suit. We went to the pool and it's a new bathing suit. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this one before. And she had a little overlay. You know, they do the overlay over. Now, I was like, oh, snap. The queen has arisen. I was like, and you should have seen her face when I was telling her how beautiful she looked. She was like, oh, 
really? You like it? Oh, you like it? Oh, I just want to make you happy. I'm trying to make you. Yeah, girl, you doing that thing. My point is people are in need of recognition because when we wake up, we see a blemish on our face. We see another gray hair. We see an extra two pounds. We are not perfect. Somebody ought to say, I'm not perfect. And the hour of glory comes because we are not perfect. We lack things and we need recognition. We started at the bottom of depravity at birth, but God makes change possible. What I'm trying to get you to see is that with all of our flaws and all of our weaknesses and inconsistencies, God gives us opportunity to have an hour of glory where we floss and expose the work that he's done through us while we've done the work for him. So even though we don't know where the end is at the beginning, we must adopt that an end has been determined. Most of the things in our lives, you should not go into it thinking that it will never end. Most of the things in our lives should have a cessation date or time. When will this end? We must have an awareness. When you have contracts, contracts say they are in effect from this time to that time. Let us be more conscious of the things that are ending in our life so that we can recognize where we are to change in our life. Once a contract is finished, then you need to renew it or draft a new contract. There's a form I had to file with the Secretary of State this week because it had a two-year term on it. So where there's a two-year term, I have to go back and I have to renew it. How did I know it was going to end? Let me tell you something. Do you think I'm sitting there walking around after two years, make sure you contact the Secretary of State? No, I had to put it on my calendar. And I got an alert that said, refile with the Secretary of State. I'm saying when you start something, ah, God, that's what I'm saying. When you start something, make sure you put a note in your calendar of when it's supposed to end. I will be in this program for two years, and I know that after those two years, things should change. In other words, when you do three years, four years of, of, of college, you know you're going to get a degree. When you matriculate from college, you're going on to postgraduate work. In other words, things should change, and we're befuddled. We don't understand how things are changing because we don't know when things are ending. We have lost sight of what we have put into play, but we don't watch it to see where our change is. But everybody talking about a change is coming. A change is coming. Well, the change comes when? At the hour of glory. But if you don't know what time it is, then you won't know your hour. Oh man, are you tracking? And with that in mind, we must, like Jesus did, keep looking toward heaven. Look at the text. It said he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. In other words, we too must keep looking up to heaven and wondering when is our hour. We must keep looking at our lives, wondering what changes, what ends, what is God doing and kind of feeling. Thank you, Lord. 
Help us grow to where we track our lives to understand that God wants to move us forward. Nobody does God want to be stuck in one place, repeating the same cycles over and over again. We must look toward heaven. We must look to him for guidance. We must look for our hour. And that means I'm hoping my seconds are over. I'm hoping that my minutes are over so I can enjoy the the hour for where listen for where and I'll say it again and you'll hear it multiple times in the sermon for where there is nothing left to do with something it is time to change to do something else once you've completed it there's nothing left to do move on to something else there is not honor in a perpetual work with no change Oh, that's a quotable. I'll say it again. There is not honor in a perpetual work with no change. There is no honor. There is no hour of glory in constantly doing the same thing over and over again where there is no change. And so the text said the hour is come. And that term in the Greek means It is a certain and a definite time, a season fixed by natural law and returning with the revolving year. In other words, there is a time that revolves on a cycle, a 24-hour cycle that it turns by nature. And at some point, that hand is going to get around to that time again. Meet me at 11.15 a.m. or p.m. because there's a time where it comes back around on the clock. What I'm telling you, winter is a time that happens each year around the same time due to natural laws. (laughs) In other words, we know when winter is coming because the clock revolves around natural laws. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying you can track the hour of glory if you watch the natural laws of your life. Ah, God. What I'm saying is some people are so spiritual that they miss the natural. If you pay attention to the natural in your life, the natural will tell you truths about spirituality. Why do you think God told parables? Jesus told parables because he needed to use natural circumstances to convey spiritual truths because it is the natures of law that we can see God's reality enacted. We see change. We watch the seed grow. We watch the fruit come. We make the harvest. So my point is the cycle of things brought about the time. Ah, God, watch this. If you pay attention to the cycles of things in your life, it will tell you the time. Ah, God. Uh, Women know about cycles. They call it cycles because that time comes like clockwork. In other words, it is a cycle that our lives are filled with cycles, cycles of seconds, cycles of minutes, cycles of days, cycles of months, cycles of years. And I'm saying to you that you will be more excited or more abreast to when your hour of glory is if you pay attention to the natural laws. Come on. 
on, help me here. The action of the sun determines the time. If you, you can tell the time if you look at where the sun sits at a particular place amount of time during the day or based on how hot it is you can determine what time oh god what i'm trying to say is if you pay attention to the heat in your life it might tell you what time it is it's time to get up out of here or it's time to go for shade or for covering the action of the sun determines the time the action of things and people around you will tell you time is up you keep saying are we gonna be together we're gonna be here's actions are telling you he has moved on boo and you are not recognizing your hour of glory God has something better for you ahead but you keep beating your head against a brick wall when the wall is saying I have rejected you because the nature says this wall is not coming down he built it with cement it's not a a, a, a stick wall or a hay wall this is brick. This one ain't coming down, boo. Move on. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? The actions are recurring and the actions are natural, but it is a definite time. In other words, God allows things to happen to communicate a definite time of change. Oh, I'll say it again. God allows things to happen to communicate a definite time of change. The hours come. Somebody say the hours come. This could mean, listen, that the longer you have to wait, the longer the season is in the year. So some of you say, well, I've been waiting a long time, I ain't come. Well, the longer you have to wait, then the longer the season is in the year. Because remember, we're talking about a year cycle. At some point, it's going to hit that time. Winter has to come. Fall has to come. Summer has to come. So what I'm saying is, you are not living a life in a straight flat line you are living a life in a cycle that repeats itself you are living in a loop that will hit spots again the beauty of God is that he changes you the next time you hit the spot he changes the backdrop he changes the place you may go on a vacation every year but one year you went to Italy one year year you went to Brazil, one year you went to Mexico. It's the same time of the year, but it's filled with different memories, different people, different backdrops, different things. And every trip has a different story. So you don't mind living the same year if the year is filled with different stories. Oh my God, I'm teaching. I've never heard me talk like this before. I'm a little confused. The natural occurrences take longer because of the nature of things. So what I want you to understand is that sometimes things take time in your life because the nature of things are taking time. In other words, God moves based on the natural things, the commonalities of law to position you for the change. The hour is not a single moment, but the start of the hour. Because watch this now. Every hour then, there can be our hour one, hour two, hour three. So an hour, you don't hit the hour of glory and stop. 
you hit the hour of glory and you spend an hour in that. Ah, uh, when I go get a massage every now and then, when I get a certificate, somebody give pastor a certificate, I go to get a massage and the massage is about 45, 55 minutes, but it's about an hour. And oh, I'll be laying on that little, I'll be, oh yeah, right there, right there, right there. I can feel and sense the hour. I don't want, in other words, don't just tap me once and say, oh, well, you had your hour. No, I want my hour filled with 60 minutes. Are you tracking? I want to go through the hour. So the hour is not a single moment, but at the start of the hour, immediately, watch this now, immediately following this prayer, Jesus was betrayed and the hour was put into motion. Motion. Jesus was asking his father for glory to shine while entering the hour of transition back home. As we're going to look at this text, we're going to see that God is saying, Jesus is saying, give me the glory. The hour has come. I got to go through this cross experience. And soon as he prayed, soon as he prayed this, Judas betrays him in the garden. In other words, the hour began. In other words, the change was set in the motion. Well, what was the change? The big change was that he would return to the place and the position with the father he had in the beginning. Are you tracking with me? So let's look at the next point. Let's go to the next point here. The next point is, he says, the hours come, but then he says, glorify me. He says, glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. So here it is. Watch this now. Jesus says, glorify me. Glorify your son that I may glorify you. In other words, make me look good so I can make you look good. In other words, do something. Bring me to my hour of glory so I can stand out. And when I stand out, you get the credit. So the, the Strong's in the Greek says it like this. He says the, the, the glory is the to cause the dignity and worth of some person or thing to become manifest and and acknowledge. In other words, it's to cause your dignity, it is to cause your worth or your value to become manifest and acknowledge. So when you spend time stuck in the seconds and the minutes and fail to move to your hour, that means you are not going to have your dignity, your worth acknowledged or recognized. So I want to have my worth, my value, my dignity, I want it manifested because when good things happen to me, it makes God look good in heaven. So in the family business, when we serve him faithfully, completing the work, running our franchise on the earth, our service creates our shine. And our shine creates his glory. So our service makes us look good so that God looks good. So the more we actuate God's will in our lives, the here it is, the more seconds and minutes are adding up to our hour of shine. Oh, this is good. So the more I walk in my purpose, the more I live out God's will in my life, the more I do what he has called me to do, those seconds and those minutes add up 
to an hour. But when I am failing to do God's will, those seconds don't move. Those minutes don't add up and I will never reach my hour. If we don't serve, if we don't live intentionally, our lives lead to nowhere and there is no honor in that. What I'm trying to tell you is the hour of glory is your hour of honor. It is your hour of recognition and appreciation. The perpetual commitment to these things that won't change leads to your own demise. When you stay committed and loyal and faithful ignorantly and insanely to a situation and a circumstance that will not change, you are creating your own demise. You are giving yourself low self-esteem. You are depriving yourself of recognition and global uh, admiration from people who respect the work you've done. God is calculative and he is ever growing. He is wise beyond all measures and he foresees what we can't. So when we go through our seconds and when we go through our minutes, we go through it by faith, trusting that our hour is coming. I don't know what he has ahead of me, but I know the one who holds my future. So our trust in him manifests heaven's realities in the earth realm that should end with glory. Oh man, listen to me. Every second has an end. Every minute has an end. Every job has an end and every hour has an end and that hour should end with a glory. So I should do my seconds, do my minutes, have my hour of glory and do my seconds and do my minutes, but have my hour of glory. Pop, pop. I should do my seconds and do my minutes, but have my hour of glory. And when I'm done with that hour of glory, then I can start a fresh new cycle of seconds and a fresh new cycle of minutes so that I can come to another hour of glory. I've told people all the time, I say every 10 years, you ought to try something new and spectacular. You ought to make some big change every decade of your life. It is the sign that something has ended, a period has ended, an era has ended. Listen, when you get married, you are ending your single life. So act like you're married and not single. My point is, you cannot move to the hour of glory if you're still in the 10 second frame. I gotta hope somebody's getting this. For the glory we have given thee, he said, for the glory we have given you, Father, by how we work, while we have worked on earth, then all we're saying is return the glory to us for our service. God wants to get you to shine. God wants to recognize you. My work on earth glorifies the Father so the Father can appreciate glorifying me. Glory, listen to me, write this down. Glory is given. Glory is never self-bestowed. Here's the problem, boo. Here's the problem, boo. You cannot create your own hour of glory. Your hour of glory has to be given. 
and it is only given reciprocally from what you have given glory to initially. Huh? So don't expect praise from a random outsider to whom you have not sown glory into them. The assuredness of my hour of glory is my faithfulness in service of giving glory to the Father. If you want glory from the Father, then give him glory in your life. The way I know I will be recognized, the way I know that my achievements will be rewarded and acknowledged is by faithfully serving in a life that gives glory and honor to God. You wait and see. There is an hour coming for Pastor Cherry, and I've had similar hours on lower levels. But as I grow and promote and grow and develop in God, those hours get bigger and more powerful. So glory is then conferred. It is not bestowed by yourself. It is the reciprocity of the promise of heaven. I want you to see that the glory and the goodness, a life well lived that stands out is the response from the father saying, I like you. You did a good job. The glory included what was about to happen on the cross. In other words, Jesus was not trying to say, oh, well, this just means I'm just going to be like, woo, 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 woo. The glory that Jesus was talking about included his cross. So don't get it twisted, girlfriend. Your cross, listen, your glory, remember the hour starts. And so the hour means something is about to happen that is going to position you for God to make you look good. Ah, watch this. So the glory included what happened on the cross as well as the resurrection when he returned uh, after he would get up from the grave. So listen, the cross was where he died. The resurrection was when he got up, but it also included he went back to the father as he prayed initially. So my point is your hour of glory could be preceded by death on the cross, but do not fear the death on the cross because the hour is the hour of glory, not the hour of death. So you may may have to go through something that will bring you down before it lifts you up. Glory includes the bad before the good. So note, he asks for the glory before he dies though. So notice, he says, glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you've given me uh, power over all flesh. He says, you know, I've done what I'm supposed to do. He says, I'm asking for my glory while I'm still alive. So before I die, God, listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying to you, don't try to ask for the glory when your life is over. Ask for the glory while you're yet living. Ask for the glory while stuff is yet happening. Ask for the glory. In other words, Lord, bring glory out of this. This co-worker is getting on my last nerve. Bring glory out of this. I can't seem to get my marriage to work right, but bring glory out of this. My child is acting insane, but bring glory out of this. In other words, whatever bad is happening, it could be a part of the glory. Just ask God now. Don't wait till you die. Don't wait till it's over. Don't wait till it's finished. Just ask God for the glory because when something ends, it ushers you into that period. Now, he says, you've given me all power. 
power. In other words, he has all authority over all flesh. He has liberty of choice. That word power means Jesus has the liberty of choice. He has the liberty of influence over our lives. He has the, 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 the liberty of government and rule over us. In other words, he could do with all mankind, believers and non-believers, whatever he wanted to do. I want you to see, put that on the screen. Put that on the screen. He says, I, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. I want you to understand. Jesus said, I got all power to do whatever I want to do with anybody here on earth. And so even in that, he doesn't choose to manipulate them, but he chooses to be glorified. Listen to what I'm saying. He could have been like, well, leave me down here and let me just manipulate people and run them crazy. Like would I do whatever I want to do with people. That wasn't his goal. His goal was to be glorified. Well, what did that mean? That meant to be back where the father was. I'm trying to tell you, live your life as a goal, not based on power, not based on authority over other people. That doesn't, that doesn't signify your glory. That means you're in a position to be able to get glory, but don't live based on trying to control people. That is not a life of glory. A life of glory is being returned to the place of origin with God as you were in the beginning. So this ability of Jesus was to have the power to give eternal life to whomever he wished. And he came to earth, he set it up, he said, I can make it possible. And so I want you to see how the job was finishing. So let's wrap this up with this final aspect. I want you to see this. So he says the job is done. The first one was the hours come. The second one is uh, um, glorify me. And then the third one is the job is done. So he says, I glorified you on earth. What? Having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now father glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So look at that verse four. He says, I glorified you on earth. I accomplished the work you gave me to do. So finished. Let's talk about this from a Greek perspective, finished and accomplished. It means to make perfect. It means to complete. It means to carry through to completion. It means to bring to an end, brought to a full place, a full maturation. In other words, watch this. When something is complete, when something is full, that means there is nothing left to add or there's nothing left to do. Oh man, what I'm trying to get you to see is that the glory comes after you understand that there is nothing left to do with that situation. I have completed it. Look at your life and say, is there anything that there is nothing left for you to do with that? If you can honestly point to an area that there is nothing else you can add to it, there's not a there's not a difference another phone call would make, there's not a difference another visit would make, there's not a difference another spreadsheet would make, that job is done. If you can identify a place in your life like that, then you can petition the Father that the hour has come and that ask him to glorify you because if you did serve him in that situation, 
you glorified him through it. Now God has a glory for you. Jesus said on the cross when he hung there, he said these three words. He said, it is finished. The Bible says he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. What does that mean? It means that when he said it was finished, he bowed his head. He gave up the ghost. Immediately there was a physical change. I'm trying to get you to see that the things that end in your life position you for a powerful change to bring God glory. And that's why it's called the hour of glory. The hour of glory occurs when there's nothing left to do. When you've done everything that was asked of you, the hour of glory is ahead. When there is nothing left to do, there has to be change. Whenever you have done everything you could do to make this friendship work and it is not, there has to be change. How do you know when it's time to change? How do you know, Sharitha, when it's time to change? You know when there's nothing left to do. Jesus was speaking not just of what he had done to that point, but what was to come as well. In his mind, he knew the cross was a finished deal. It was a done deal. The, 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 the uh, Pontius Pilate and everybody, they had already, everybody had figured out the devil knew what he was going to do. In other words, the hour had come. This was about to start, but I know my glory is coming. He was asking the father to recognize him for the work with his disciples. He introduced them to God. If you read the rest of the chapter, he taught them, trained them to be like him. He prayed for them. He said, Lord, take care of them. Let them be one like we are one. Give them glory like you gave me glory. He was also asking for the cross and the resurrection to be the crescendo of his life so he could return to his father's presence. He wanted to go back home. I've never heard this passage preach from the perspective of Jesus had a desire to go back home. Everybody talks about him coming, but Jesus wanted to go back. He said, I take me back to where I can sit at your right side, where I was with you in the beginning. There must be a hunger in all of us to return to where sin has taken us from. We, ah, God, thank you, Jesus. We must not become complacent and complicit with the sin in our life. When we do, we are burning seconds and minutes without matriculation, but we must hunger to return to the righteous state that we know God created us in when he made Adam in the garden thousands of years ago. We must long our pursuit of righteousness mustn't just be because the Bible says so, but because his presence completes us. We must want to live right and live holy because there's something jovial. There's something lighthearted. There's something of a blessing when we're 
are in the presence of God, we must learn to live pursuing him, being in his presence. If his glory is his glory upon us, his recognition of our labor on earth, whenever we get in his glory, listen to this, listen to this. Whenever we get into his presence, we shine from the glory, the radiation from him, the power of his light is on us and we shine when we're in his presence. When we worship him, he's recognizing us. Well, the Bible says that too. God inhabits the praises of his people. When we praise him, he sits in our midst. So when I worship him, guess what? I shine. When I worship him, I glow. When I worship him, I rise because in worship, he recognizes me as his offspring. And if he has glory, then so should we. Look at this. Let me give you this summary. Here's your summary for this message. The summary is the hour has come. I'm giving you all the passages one through five in a summary of a sentence. The hour has come. Please glorify me so I can glorify you. I finished what you asked. Please bring me back home to be with you. That's it. That's all he's asking. That's what he's asking. The hour has come. But the premise is, it's all based on the hour has come. In other words, the hour is what's going to transition him. The hour is the key. The hour is the thing that's going to move you into that next place. The hour is come. Well, what did that mean? That was 33 years. He was 33 years old. He was 33 years old when he was, when he was put on the cross. He said, the hour has come for me to die. Please glorify me so I can glorify you. In other words, kill me and raise me up so you can get the glory from it. I have finished what you asked. Can I come back home? Can I come back home, daddy, please? Can I come back home? And I'm saying to you, when you start finishing stuff, In your life, you're one more step closer to home. You're one more step closer to being like God. When you complete what he asks you to do, you're closer to his righteousness. You're closer to his holiness. You're closer to his integrity. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? He said, I finished what you asked me to do. Can I come back home? But he noted he hadn't been, but no, he hadn't been to the cross yet. He was still praying. He was going to the cross. But right after he asked this, he gets arrested. This is God's way of bringing him back home. God's way. Listen, I want you to understand that the the story is about bringing Jesus home. I know we talk about it from the perspective of the cross and it was for us. He died for us. But On the sub end of that, this was God's way of bringing Jesus back home. How would Jesus get back home? By spaceship? How would he get back home? By cloud? No, he got home through the cross. He gets arrested. He goes to the cross. The cross was the initiation of the transporting process of bringing Jesus back home to his original glory. Jesus had lived as a human, not displaying his glory to the world, and he longed for it. So Jesus had to live on earth without his glory. He had to hide it and cover it while he was longing for it. Oh my God, is that not what, man, mature Christians, those of you who are grown in Lord, you know what I'm talking about. You want to live holy, you can't show all your stuff, but you longing for it. You know there's something better in you. You know there's more in you. You longing for it, but you got to live in this world of sin. You got to live with this cacophony of rituals and, and situations that don't mean you any good. And you have to live longing for what's better. You look at your life, you say, I know this ain't all there is to it, but you keep pursuing 
pursuing God. Do you hear what I'm saying? He had to die as a human to be raised, glorified. Jesus had to go through the human things. As I said, the time is indicated by the natural things of life. And so Jesus had to go to the Praetorian court. Praetorian court. He had to go through Pontius Pilate. He had to go through, through the Roman citizens and all of them. He had to go through the legal aspects. He had to go to the cross. In other words, he had to go through the natural ritual of things because the glory comes out of nature. We too must endure the consequences of our human lives so that slowly we begin to manifest the glory of God as we do his will. I want to say to some of you, stop asking God to get you out of it. Ask God to take you through it because going through it is where the glory is. We always want a miraculous pull me out. But God says, find out how to live in a miraculous, take me through. And so this power of slowly going through is what manifests God's glory. Jesus longed for his home of glory. I can imagine Jesus, nobody's, I've never heard anybody preach about this. I've never heard anybody preach about how Jesus was hanging on the cross and in his mind he's thinking, I'm about to be home with daddy. I'm about to be up there, I'm going back to my father. I'm going back to my father. It had to be on his mind. Of course it was on his mind. He just prayed it. He says, bring me back home. Be me up Scotty beam me up teleport me we too should long for glory if we know we are made in his image it's natural for us to desire recognition for who we are and what we've become in God there's nothing wrong with wanting our moment to shine so we can be closer to God the cross is his door to get home oh listen oh 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 his cross is his door to get somebody ought to go to the door and turn the knob and say this is my door to get home. Don't despise your crucifying experiences. They could be the door to your glory. Ooh, I like that. You're fussing and complaining. Oh, I got to go through this. I'm telling you, it could be your door to your glory. Let me wrap this up. Let me tell you what the door is. Let me give you another acrostic because people liked the last one yes, last Sunday. The door is the place of dependence. The door is the place. It's where, listen, it's when you begin to depend on God. God has got me. I'm on the cross. They killing me. They sticking me in the side with a sword. Forthwith come blood and water. They done beat me till I was bleeding, put a crown of thorns on my head, but I'm depending on Jesus. The cross is the place where you depend. The cross, the door is the offering. It's where you give up your life. It's where you sacrifice yourself. The cross, the door, it is It is where you go back to the Father. You give your life up as an offering. The second O is that it's an opening. The cross is the opening. The door is an opening. Don't see death as closure, but an opening to something new. Don't see being fired from the job as rejection. See it as God's way of opening a new door. Don't see the divorce as the end of your love life. See it as God having something better for you on the other side. The door is an opening and R means that it is a requirement for resurrection. You have to die to be raised. You have to have a requirement. The requirement of a resurrection is death. You can't be raised from nothing you didn't go down in and nor can you get glory for something you didn't do the work for. You cannot be recognized if you didn't do the work. So this is the door. This is what you're experiencing. The hour has come for me to be glorified and I can be glorified because I finished the work. God gives us a series of things to complete throughout our lives in order for us to build seconds upon minutes to reach the hour of glory. That is the premise of this message. One day it will all pay off 
God gives us a series of things to complete. You ought to start tracking, have those things ended, some of those things in. I know in the computer world, what we do is we schedule tasks to be done through the night. And so we'll schedule and we'll say, run this or update this computer or, or delete these files and we'll schedule the task. But the next morning when we come in, we have to look at the scheduler. Did this complete? We have to find out, oh, this task failed. We have to redo it. In other words, look at your relationships, look at your marriage, look at your job, look at your finances, look at the stuff in your life and see, did it fail and does it have to be redone or is it finished so you can move on to something else we must work until we finish the job so my beloved here is my conclusion we must serve God with the intention of being glorified yeah I said it we must serve God with the intention of being glorified when we finish anything people should speak well of us When we are glorified, God is glorified. When people do well, when you get acknowledged for 25 years of service, Cynthia, you you retired and you've done your work with the company for all those years. When people acknowledge you at work, they're acknowledging the work God has done through you. They don't, they may not know it, but what they're saying is God has put something in you to be a blessing to us and we appreciate you. When we finish anything, It's God's way of speaking well of us. We must work to gain the honor. We must live to hear the words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. We must enact our various charges and serve with diligence. We must do the charge that God has given to us as the family business and we must serve with diligence, serve with faithfulness and serve with integrity. We must wow the world with the lives so the world will be wowed with God. My friend, the late Michael Teague, used to always say he would see something, he'd go, wow. He'd go, wow. And in other words, he was wowed by things. And so when people look at us, they should say, wow. Not because you look crazy, but but because you look good. We should live lives that wow the world so the world can be wowed with God. We haven't time for excuses. The clock is ticking. And like revolving pasts, the clock will strike the definite time that we are to be complete. It's going to come around again. And God wants you to be ready this year. Last year, he couldn't do what he wanted to do in your life because you weren't ready. You couldn't get past your attitude problem. Like Fred Flintstone, when someone would pull the tail of the bird at the end of the day, you remember in the cartoon, they'd pull the tail and they go, Rah! Barney and Fred knew it was quitting time. They'd go running out of that place. And they knew Wilma and Betty would reward them with a nice big Stagosaurus's leg for dinner. I mean, they knew they was going to the table because it was quitting time. At the end of the day, there should be a reward. Start rewarding your children for something they completed. Start rewarding your wife, your husband for something they completed. Are you working on anything? Is there anything that you can finish? 
If NBC or Disney or the White House or the ministry called you today, would you be ready to shine? If NBC said today, come do a show, would you have anything to pitch to them? Or would you have to say, well, I don't know. I've been alive for 50 years, but I still don't know what I'm called to do. Or would you have to decline because you haven't been working on anything? Well, let today's word be a motivation to you that things in our lives need to end so we can give glory to God for it. What in your life needs to end so you can give God glory for the work that was done through it? We don't shine when we don't complete but we shine bright like a diamond when we finish what God asks us to do. May our God and our Father reward this class of believers, this family of believers, this family business, this group of franchisees. May our Father reward us for excellent service and execution of that service during our dash on earth. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.